Hello, everybody. Welcome to the VectorCast, a podcast about classic arcade vector games. I'm your host, Michael Zenner, coming at you, as always, from lovely Portland, Oregon. We are still in the season of Atari, although today we're going to be taking a little bit of a step to one side. And today on the VectorCast, we're going to be doing something a little different than what we've generally done in the past. Typically, I've discussed the history of vector games, including the development, the reception as games hit the market, and also what to expect if you're a collector looking to acquire and care for a 35 or 40 year old arcade video game. Today, I'm going to be reviewing a new product that has been in development for a couple of years and is just about to officially hit the market. So we've been talking about the past, now we're gonna be talking about the present with a little bit of a hint of what's coming up in the future. The product today is the Tempest FPGA Multigame Kit, which is the brainchild of Clav user Scott451, who in real life goes by Scott Swayze. As the name implies, the kit is designed to fit into an existing Tempest game and expands it also to play Omega Race, and this is what really got my attention. It also gets the game to play Major Havoc. It is uh, based on FPGA technology, and I figure most listeners will be familiar with what FPGA is, but just in case, FPGA is, with a lot of simplifying assumptions, a way to duplicate hardware logic. And this is different than something like MAME, which is a software solution that sits on top of an operating system and translates game code into something that the underlying operating system can understand. In an FPGA environment, the game code is run the same way it's run on original hardware. And the result is a much more accurate reproduction of the original game experience. And as Scott Swayze said during a panel presentation at California Extreme in 2019, It's not emulation, it's a forgery. Okay, so that's FPGA, and now back to the review. The kit is priced at $699 US plus shipping and tax, and possibly tariffs, and is available at Scott's website, which is tatlersolutions.com, and I will put a link to that site in the show notes. There are also plans for a future version, which will be based on the same concept, but will be built to go into a space duel cabinet and will include a different selection of games. Just so you know where I'm coming from, I own two copies of this kit, which I bought after meeting Scott at California Extreme back in 2018. The version I have is referred to as the early adopter version, and I paid full price for them out of my pocket, and I have one installed in my Tempest Cabaret, and the other one is installed in a Tempest Upright. The kit itself is made up of two sections. One is an off-the-shelf FPGA development kit, and you can get these on Amazon, and they're designed to be a beginner-level FPGA exploration setup. And attached to this is a custom interface board with edge connectors that allow the kit to connect to the existing wiring harness in the game, and also it's got a few adjustment pots on it for screen sizing and position and dip switches and things like that. Physically installing the kit into a Tempest cabinet is just about as simple as it could possibly get. You just remove the two edge connectors from the existing Tempest board set and attach them to the FPGA multi-game kit. You'll want to either remove the existing board set for safekeeping or otherwise figure out a way to keep the FPGA kit from sitting on top of it. One method that I've discovered is that you can actually flip the board set over since, of course, if you own a Tempest, you know that the board set has one full-size board and the auxiliary board is basically a half-size board. If you take the set out, slide it back into the uh, board slots such that the, the auxiliary board is pushed toward the back and that leaves an empty space in the front and the FPGA kit fits in there quite nicely. Now before you close the back up though, there's one switch on the FPGA kit that you'll want to consider. And this is the switch that determines whether the kit will operate with the monitor in a vertical or horizontal configuration. If you're using a standard, unmodified Tempest game, the monitor will be in a vertical orientation of course, 
But if your game has already been modified according to Atari's Major Havoc conversion instructions, then the monitor has been turned into a horizontal orientation. Based on the position of the switch, all three games will run in the selected orientation. Wait a second, I hear you say. Tempest is a vertical game, and Major Havoc is a horizontal game. So how does that work? And I will get to that in just a little bit as well. So with the board swapped and the monitor orientation selected, you've got the hardware installed. The FPGA kit, like most other FPGA solutions, loads its firmware and game ROMs from a micro SD card. The card is included, but the game ROM files are not, and you will be on your own for how to acquire those. Please do not ask me. Please do not ask Scott. I will simply say this. As with so many things in life, Google can be your friend. Once you have them, you'll need a way to copy them onto the card and you'll have to edit a configuration file. Now, I did this with my Linux-based desktop and just a simple text editor. My one word of caution here is to pay very close attention to the readme files that are included on the card and really make sure that the ROM files are named exactly as they are specified. I have to admit to spending around 20 minutes when I was doing my install just kind of scratching my head before I realized that I had some files that had underscores in the name when they really needed to be dots. Or maybe it was the other way around. I honestly don't remember. It's been a couple of years. The point is, make sure the file names are exactly as specified in the readme file. Uh, it is worth noting, each game has a single slot in the overall arrangement, so you can only run one version of each game at a time. For example, there are three versions of the standard Tempest ROM, and the kit will run any of them, but you can only have one set of ROMs on the SD card, so you'll need to make a decision about which version you want to run. Of course, if you change your mind, all you have to do is swap out the ROM files and you're back in business. Also, the Major Havoc slot can accept the Return to Vax version of the ROMs, but as of yet, it won't run the upcoming Promised End version of Major Havoc. But Scott is working on a build to support it when it becomes widely available. A big advantage, of course, of FPGA is that you can fix things like this with a simple firmware update. As we'll talk about shortly, this modification is a completely different animal when you're doing it to an actual PCB. As of the current version of the firmware, all of the dip switch selections for all games are set via a configuration file as well as setting a default startup game selection. And that's about it for a simple setup. Uh, like I said, the first one took me less than a half an hour from zero to playing games, and most of that was chasing down what amounted to a really dumb typo. The second time through, it was a matter of about five minutes to get going. So if everything has been done right, and you've got the default configuration, the game will boot into Tempest. To switch between games, just hold down both start buttons for one second, and the next game in rotation will boot. All three games save their high scores to EEPROM, so your scores will survive a game change or a power cycle. As of now, there are a few known issues that are worth mentioning and a couple that really aren't. Again, keep in mind though, one of the huge features of any FPGA-based product is that the firmware, which in this case really means the hardware logic, can be upgraded. So almost any issue that the kit has now can be corrected later when a fix is developed. Anyway, on to the issues. The only one that I've personally experienced is that the sound on Major Havoc is at a lower level than on the other two games. There have also been reports that the sound is, in other ways, not perfect, but honestly, I haven't noticed any issues beyond the volume, and that just means that I have to open the coin door and adjust the volume up or down whenever I change into or out of Major Havoc. The color palette for the graphics is also tuned to Tempest, so it may appear to be a little bit off on Major Havoc. And this is another one that I have not personally noticed, but others might. 
Omega Race has a couple of issues. The high score is not saved reliably, and on some 6100 vector monitors, the text may collapse. Screen and control flipping are not supported on cocktail cabinets. You can still play the games on a cocktail cabinet, but only from one side. The screen and the controls will not flip to the second set. Some Tempest spinners don't work, and like all these issues, it is in the process of being addressed. Finally, some 6100 monitors seem to do better than others. On some, there may be gaps where lines meet, and some monitors may show more squiggles than others. It's recommended to make sure you've got the RF cage installed on the high voltage section of your monitor. Okay, so generally speaking, those are the facts of the case, and here come my opinions based on two years of ownership. The overall verdict, I love this kit. When I first got mine, the first thing I did was install one in my Tempest Cabaret and play some Tempest. The gameplay I find is completely indistinguishable from the original board set. Tempest is so fast that any sort of delay is going to be instantly obvious, and it just wasn't there. The sound is spot on, clear, and accurate, and the only way I can tell by looking whether I'm running an original board or the FPGA is something I noticed right away, and I really don't want to call it a problem at all because it isn't. As soon as the game booted up for the first time, I saw that the vector lines were brighter, straighter, and I guess I would say fuller than they were when I was running the original board set. Now, Scott has said that he did make some changes to the way the kit addresses the monitor. In the beginning, the original Tempest board set basically overdrove the monitor's deflection board, and this was mostly during the title roll. If you've seen a lot of 6100s, it's very likely you've seen the Tempest logo burned into a tube or possibly two, and that's largely why. This, of course, put a lot of unnecessary stress on the monitor at the time, and now that they're all getting older, it's not getting any better. So the FPGA kit has been designed to make the monitor work a lot less, and I strongly suspect that this is why the vectors look like they do. The game switching is easy and fast, and I have yet to encounter a single issue with it. Omega Race looks and sounds just fine. I haven't experienced any of the save or text collapse issues. I will say, though, that the standard Tempest controls do feel a bit awkward to me for this game, which has nothing to do with the FPGA implementation, of course, and honestly, it's the game that gets the least play on my machine, and that's pretty much what I can say about Omega Race. The big one, and honestly the reason why I was interested in the Tempest FPGA multi-game kit to begin with, was of course Major Havoc. We'll get into this in greater depth later this season when we get to the Major Havoc episode, but as I mentioned a few minutes ago, Atari did produce a Major Havoc conversion kit for Tempest. It used the Tempest control layout and required the operator to turn the monitor from a vertical to a horizontal orientation. And as I've mentioned, I installed the kit into my Tempest Cabaret, which has, of course, a vertically oriented monitor. I am very hesitant to casually throw around words like impossible, but the dimensions of the Cabaret cabinet certainly do not lend themselves to turning a monitor easily, and even so, I have no intention of trying that on my own game. So I was wondering, as I'm sure you are, how Major Havoc would play in a vertical orientation. And the answer is surprisingly well. It, it actually took me quite a while to figure this out. And you may ask, how could that be? Well, the reason being, I kept getting caught up in the gameplay and was having so much fun and just forgot to pay attention to whether it looked okay as a vertical game. And what that said to me is that not only was it not a distraction, but it was so natural that I couldn't even remember to think about it. One thing I've always appreciated about the Tempest Cabaret design is that it manages to pack the same size monitor as the upright uses, which is a 19-inch uh, Wells Gardner 6100, into a much smaller space. And that said, it's still a cabaret. Mine lives right next to cabaret versions of Battlezone, Asteroids, and Asteroids Deluxe, which all use 
15-inch vector monitors, and they're oriented horizontally. The overall effect seems to me exactly what you would expect from a cabaret version of Major Havoc, which of course is something that Atari never produced. In any case, it's very playable, and I spent a lot of evenings with it in the arcade, and it really is a fun game, and it works just fine in the vertical orientation. Okay, so it's fine in the cabaret. How does it look in an upright? And in my opinion, once again, it looks surprisingly good and is extremely playable. Now, others may have different opinions or disagree, and I will not argue against them. As it happens, I do have a Project Tempest, and my plan has always been to turn the monitor and convert it into a major havoc. So maybe I'll feel differently once that's in the lineup and I can make a direct side-by-side -side comparison. But for now, it works just fine in the full-size Tempest Upright. The last thing I'll say on the ownership experience is just that I have yet to have even a small failure of any part of the kit. It always boots just like it's supposed to, acts like it's supposed to, never quits or resets unless I tell it to, it never has any overheating issues, it's been rock solid and perfect. Okay, on to the big issue, what some might call the elephant in the room, and what most people seem to see as the big stumbling block of the Tempest FPGA multi-game kit. $699 US plus shipping, applicable tax, and potentially tariffs. This is at a time when a J-Rock Williams board, when it's available, goes for around $225, and a BitKit board goes for under $150. Both of these cards also play way more than three games as well, so what gives? And I will be talking, like I said, a lot more about Major Havoc when it gets its own episode of the VectorCast, but for now, let's just talk about what it takes to bring Major Havoc into a collection. Of course, you can set it up on MAME, and if you're really resourceful, you can even set up a spinner or a roller, but most likely you're going to be viewing it on an LCD monitor. And yes, there have been products in the past that can take a VGA input and drive a vector monitor. I hope it goes without saying that if this is the path you want to go down, more power to you. If this doesn't work for you though, you're going to have to either acquire a dedicated Major Havoc, a Tempest or a Space Duel that has already been converted, convert a Tempest or a Space Duel, or else source the parts to build a reproduction. And unless you get really lucky, any of these are going to be expensive propositions. And I really don't like to talk about specific prices since they move around quite a bit, depending on time and location, but in this case, I think I kind of have to. When a working Major Havoc PCB comes up for sale, the asking price is typically far north of $1,000 US, and the fact they don't seem to stay available for long suggests to me that they are going for something fairly close to that asking price. Once you get the board, if you're going to use it in a Tempest or a Space Duel, you will also need a conversion board, which was something that was included by Atari in the original conversion kits. And that essentially adapts the wiring of the Tempest cabinet into the requirements of the Major Havoc printed circuit board. And that sometimes includes some pin cushioning corrections for uh, Wells Gardner 6100 monitors as well. Now, reproductions for this board have been produced from time to time, and there are ways to work around it for those who are really interested. So it's not impossible, but it's something that will need to be addressed. Finally, as I alluded to earlier, if you end up with an original board set and you're interested in running the upcoming promised end version of Major Havoc, and why wouldn't you? You will need to make a few modifications to your rare, expensive board. Now these mods are not major surgery. It's adding a few components and a few jumpers and cutting a trace and the board will still run earlier versions of the game. However, it is not without risk. Now, a couple of years ago, there was another option as well. A run of reproduction blank PCBs was made, and actually, I was able to get one 
And then after spending some significant time and effort to get all the parts sourced, I spent several evenings soldering everything together. And it really was a lot of fun, actually. It was a great project. My plan was always to convert my project Tempest, so I did need to get a conversion PCB as well. Unfortunately, this was during a time when reproductions were not available, but I was able to find a very nice rebuilt example from a highly trusted source, but it also wasn't cheap. It's been almost two years since I put that PCB together, and I'm not an engineer by any means, and I haven't really been putting much time in on it, but after all this time, it still is not 100% working. There's still a couple of little things I need to chase down. Incidentally, my cost for the PCB and the parts, not including my time or the conversion PCB, was right around $700 US, which is, of course, just about the price of the Tempest FPGA multi-game. So those are basically your options. Buy the game complete, which is expensive. Buy original parts for a conversion, which is also expensive. Or buy reproduction parts, which is expensive and will involve some work and some time. And having been down at least one of these roads, the notion of a non-destructive plug-and-play solution, which would also allow me to play a couple of other games, sure sounded like a high-value proposition. As it turns out, it's also pretty much the lowest cost option unless you happen to find that ultimate garage sale score, you know, the $100 Major Havoc. So from that perspective, to me, $699 was a fine deal. To look at this from the other side, most of the FPGA multi-game boards on the market, including the two I mentioned earlier, and I own and love both of them, by the way, the J-Rock Multi-Williams and also the BitKit, they enjoy a much larger economy of scale. They are JAMA boards, and as such, they can be used in a much wider array of cabinets. And also, they enjoy a much broader audience, and they are built in bigger quantities, and they will recover their development costs much more quickly. So for those reasons, I personally feel that the cost of the kit is, well, completely justified as long as Major Havoc is a factor in your decision. Now, if you're only interested in playing Tempest, then the value proposition might not be there. You still get all the advantages of a game board that is less stressful to your monitor, as well as the increased reliability of an FPGA-based solution, which will be much less likely to experience a failure. Tempest does have a reputation among some repair professionals as being a rather finicky board that is subject to a number of trouble spots. With all that in mind though, for the price of the FPGA kit, you could get a rebuilt board set and keep it as a backup and have a lot of cash left over. And also, since the FPGA kit only allows a single ROM slot per game, if you wanted to say run Tempest Tubes, which is a custom ROM version, and switch between it and the original ROMs, you'd have to shut the game down, swap the files on the microSD card. There are versions of Tempest Tubes, on the other hand, that can be switched on and off from the control panel, but you would need to use an original board set to do that. And if you already have a Tempest and it's in your home arcade and lives the relatively comfortable life that most games do in that environment, and the other two games don't really interest you, you probably don't need this kit. On the other hand, for someone who is placing a Tempest on location and needs it to run reliably for long hours day after day, the FPGA kit might be worth looking into. Also, there's a certain mindset among some collectors that heavily favors original hardware, and for some people, really nothing else will do. Now, personally, I actually think that is a completely reasonable position to take, and every collector has to decide for themselves what they value. Most of us do this for fun, and everyone has their own ideas about what's important to them. If it's going to drive you crazy to look at a Tempest cab and just know deep down that no Atari employee populated the board, then this kit might not be for you. So to bring it all home, if you've got a Tempest and you want to play Major Havoc, then the Tempest FPGA multi-game kit has got to be among the most cost-effective and reliable ways to get there. The gameplay experience is as close to perfectly accurate as I have ever seen, 
You'll be increasing the lifespan of your monitor as well as the overall reliability of your game. You could be potentially future-proofing your game to a greater or lesser extent. And like all multi-game solutions, you could be making more efficient use of your available space. So after two years of ownership, I can honestly say that I have zero regrets about buying the Tempest FPGA multi-game. If the kit appeals to you and you think it would make a good fit for your personality and your collection, I would have no hesitation in recommending that you take the plunge. Once again, the website is tatlersolutions.com and you can email Scott Swayze at info at And again, both of these will be in the show notes. And that's what I have for you today. Thanks as always for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. You can also reach us at VectorCastPodcast.com. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash VectorCast or Instagram at Instagram.com slash VectorCastPodcast. Thank you once again, and we will see you next time.